Open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58. And I'm going to begin reading with verse 5. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 5. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, let them be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 5 from the New Living Translation. Listen to what God says. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance. Bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind, you dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No. This is the kind of fasting I want. Amen. And that's what I want to address today. The kind of fasting that God wants. Because there, well, let, let me qualify this message today because I know it's a lot in here. When I was a, when I was a, at a student at Bishop College back in the early 80s, there used to be the L.K. Williams Ministers Institute once a year. And some of the greatest pastors, preachers, and Christian leaders would come and minister on our campus. And ministers from around the country and world, Christian leaders would show up. It was an amazing institute every year. A. Lewis Patterson Jr. was on to speak one year. And as we crowded in to hear him speak and to teach, he said, listen, the passage that God has given to me to speak to you today, there is so much in here, but I have limited time. He said, there are seven principles that are in this passage that I could address. He said, but I'm going to leave it up to you because I don't have a lot of time. He said, I can mention all seven principles out of the passage without developing them, but at least you know what these principles are. Or I can develop one principle and just walk through that one principle. And he said, I'm going to leave it up to you. And then somebody screamed out, Mention all seven of them and develop all seven of them. Uh, he was that kind of preacher. So I'm going to follow the lead of Dr. A. Lewis Patterson. There are seven principles in this passage that I won't have time to develop. What I'm going to do is give us seven principles that God has placed in Isaiah 58 to help you and I to know the kind of fasting that God wants us to do. Now, that doesn't mean, after I give you these seven principles, you're done. This is a Bible study. Your homework is to go home and develop those principles. Open the Bible, read it, get you a, and I, I love the King James Version, but Nancy uh, Silvers Rogers says, get a version of the Bible that reads like you talk so that you can understand what it's saying. And then get you a Bible dictionary. Don't just get you a Webster's because words change meanings through the years. And what that meant in the 17th century when King James had the Bible translated from this text, from Hebrew to English, those words don't always mean the same thing. That's why you need a Bible dictionary. And just read it for yourself. I'm giving you the seven principles. Then go back and develop those principles, all right? And we're going to deal with the kind of fasting that God wants. Um, Elm, uh, Elmer Towns wrote a book. I believe it's called... Uh, uh, Fasting for spiritual breakthrough. 
and he was talking about the four different types of fast. He says that there is a, what he calls a, a normal fast. That's just, you're not going to eat it. You still drink whatever you drink, but you're not going to eat any food. That's a normal fast. And in the Bible, when people would fast, it was always a specific period of time. They would fast for a day or for a week or Moses, 40 days, Jesus, 40. They would always pick a specific period of time in which they would fast and specific things they would fast for, for forgiveness, uh, for deliverance, for the move of God, for a breakthrough. They would, they would always, for their nation, they would always have a specific thing they're praying for. So a normal fast is when you decide for a certain period of time, I'm not eating any food, but I'll still drink whatever I've been drinking. And then there is the absolute fast, according to Towns. And the absolute fast is when you don't eat anything and you don't drink anything, again, for a specific period of time for a specific thing you're seeking God for. And then there is a partial fast, which is what we do at Eastern Star Church once a year for 40 days. We do a partial fast. We eat, but we don't eat everything. So we eat fruit and vegetables and nuts and grain and beans and rice and but then all the rest of that stuff we leave out so it's a partial fast and then one day a week at least one day a week we don't eat anything we do this for 40 days as we sacrifice unto the Lord it's a partial fast and then there are people who who will try to call our fast a Daniel fast is I know people talk about a Daniel fast eating fruit and vegetables and drinking water but I want you to understand, you can call it a Daniel fast, but Daniel wasn't fasting. In the book of Daniel, when Daniel was no longer in Israel, but he's in Babylon, and he saw that red meat they were eating and all that stuff and all that, that stuff they were drinking, he said, listen, I'm not going to eat like that. I'm just going to drink water and eat fruit and vegetables. And he says, I'm going to be stronger than you. I'm going to be better than you. I'm going to be healthier than you. He wasn't fasting. That was a, a way of life for him. You can call it the Daniel fast, but just know Daniel wasn't fasting. Amen? Yeah, so it's a, it's a partial fast. And then there's what uh, Towns talks about is a rotational fast where you, where you rotate and taking certain foods out or certain groups of food out. So you might say, all right, I'm going to go uh, a month of fasting. So the first week, I'm not going to eat meat. And then after one week, the next week, I'm going to eat meat, but I'm taking all bread out. And then, okay, the, the third week, I'm put bread in and meat back in, but I'm not going to eat any dessert. So it's a, it's, a, it's a rotational fast where you rotate foods in and out. And then, of course, there are thousands of other ways that you can fast. And so the Holy Spirit was saying to me, Jeffrey Johnson, with a thousand ways to fast, how do we know what kind of fast pleases God? What kind of fasting does God want you and I to do? And that's what Isaiah is talking about here in, in Isaiah uh, chapter 58. I didn't read verse 3. Let me, let me read it to you, and I'll give you the first principle that I'm not going to develop, but I'm going to put it out there. Verse 3. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We've been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice. I'll tell you why. I respond, it's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. 
Let me tell you, before I tell you the kind of fasting God wants, let me tell you the kind of fasting God doesn't want. God doesn't want fasting that is about pleasing yourself. Because some of us are fasting for 40 days and, and we're praying for 40 days and the only thing we fast and praying about is ourself. And you're wondering, I wonder why God ain't responded. I'm giving up all of this. I'm making all these sacrifices. I'm laying out before the Lord because God says, I'm, I don't want the kind of fasting that's just about you. Y'all fasting is self-denial. Fasting is being selfless. Fasting is, is me making a sacrifice, not me looking out for me. God says, no, that's not the kind of fast. And Jesus even said, I love Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. These are what I call the, the, the disciplines, of, the Christian disciplines of our faith. Not if you give, it's an expectation you're going to give. Not if you pray, but when you pray, it's an expectation for us to pray. Not if you fast, it's when you fast, Jesus said. It's an expectation to fast. And Jesus says that, that when you give, don't give, don't give to be seen by everybody else. And when you give the way he wants you to give in secret, God's, God's going God's to be a blessing. When you pray, don't be all out in front of everybody so everybody can see you. Go in your secret closet, play by, pray alone in secret, and God will reward you openly. And he says, when you fast, don't be running around telling her, yeah, I'm fasting. All out of boastfulness and out of the flesh, I'm fasting, I'm fasting, yeah. No, he says, you don't have to do all that. Because when you do that, Jesus said, you already have your reward. Don't be looking for no supernatural breakthrough and forgiveness and miracles and healing. And he said, don't look for all that. You wanted somebody to see you fast. They saw you fast. You got your reward. And that doesn't mean you can't tell people you fasted. So for 40 days, you and your coworkers, y'all go eat lunch every day. Now you're not eating for 40 days. Just, you don't want to be harassed 40 days. I'm fasting. But it's not out of a fleshly, arrogant ego because God ain't pleased when your fasting is just about you. You know that people have left this church. Our church is 100 years old. More than 50,000 people have given their life to Christ through this ministry. People give, have become disciples, gone into full-time ministry, gone through this ministry, pastoring churches, Christian leaders, uh, their chaplains in hospitals and prisons. I mean, it's amazing what's going on. And then somebody says, well, I called the church and didn't nobody call me right back, so I'm going somewhere else. So you don't care about everybody else. It's just about you. And when we have that kind of mentality and attitude in fasting, that's the kind of fasting God says he doesn't want. Now, this happened in Indianapolis, Indiana. This woman had given birth three or four days after that. And I know y'all heard the story. Actually, it was a national story. Uh, a, a truck that was uh, driving along the highway. And I don't know what happened, but it caught on fire. And my man that was driving the truck, he stuck in the truck. The woman just left neonatal care. Her baby is still in the hospital after three or four days. She jumps out of her car, runs up to a truck. The front part was on fire. And she somehow is able to get this dude out of the truck. Somebody else comes up and helps him. And helps at, they putting the man out. He's on fire. And then she asks him, well, what, what are you carrying in this truck? He said, jet fuel. So 
They pulled him away and got away, and that's when that big explosion took place and we all saw on the news. Here is a woman that just gave birth. She got a three-year-old baby that's still in the hospital in ICU, neonatal care. And she don't know this guy from Adam. And she didn't think about herself. She didn't think about hers. She thought about, here's somebody else that needs me to make a move. And she made that sacrifice and became a, a national hero. She didn't do it to be a hero. She did it because somebody needed help. Y'all, fasting is not just about you. So God says, I don't want fasting when it's just about yourself. The other thing he says, I don't want fasting that when you're participating in fraud. He said, you're at work and you got these people working for you and you're oppressing your workers. One translation said, you're caught up in fraud, that, that you're mistreating the people who are working for you. You're cheating them, you're stealing, you're manipulating, and at the same time, here you are fasting and praying. There was a, one of the white pastors in our city, and I, I love what he was seeking to do. He was doing, dealing with the, the difficult subjects for the church, and he was naming, and one of the difficult subjects not, that he was dealing with was racism predominantly white church and he asked me to come over he wanted to do an interview with me and he wanted to talk about racism and he he was looking at racism from individual one-on-one stuff I'm looking at it from systemic stuff right so he's saying well I told our we on camera I told our congregation you know to invite a black person to your house and and give them dinner and I said I said man that's that's cool y'all can invite black people to your house we don't want to go to your house we don't that ain't what we're looking for to deal with racism. We, we, boy, I've made it now. A white man invited me to his house. I said, we don't want that. But we want to be able to buy our own house and make enough money, work in the same place, the same job somebody white's making, and make the same amount of money. We want to be able to get the same financing at the same percentage and interest rate that when you go to get it. It's systemic things. We don't need to go to your house, but we want the same kind of school in our neighborhoods that y'all, y'all ain't helping me with this. I'm talking about trying to be so holy and super spiritual, but these systemic things to put people down and oppress people, especially when it comes to economics. That's what God is saying in Isaiah 58. I don't have time to develop them. The third thing, that God, this is what God doesn't want with fasting. He doesn't want fasting when you're always fighting. Verse 4, let me read it for you. Verse 4, what good is fasting when you keep... What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. And the King James Version says, strife, conflict. You, you call yourself, you so spiritual, and I'm fasting, and I'm praying, and you can't get along with nobody. It's conflict. And when you can't get along with anybody, it ain't everybody else. It's you. Yeah, if you're in a marching band, and everybody else is off step, everybody else ain't off step. You off step. So he says with this strife and this conflict, and I told you when you, when you read this and you're looking up these words and you, you look up quarreling, you don't even have, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to look up quarreling. Quarreling in the 17th century, it means the same thing in the 21st century. Quarreling. All that arguing and fussing 
He says, God doesn't want that. All that cussing and fussing. He says he doesn't want that. And fighting, he really means physical fights. Here are people claiming to be fasting and praying and conflict, cursing, quarreling, arguing, and fighting. And they're wondering, I don't know why God hasn't shown up for me. And he says, that's, that's, not, that's not the kind of fast that I'm talking about. Um, oh, this, 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 they, they've come up with this, and I know they got all kind of collars, but they come up with a collar for a dog, an electronic collar, that when the dog barks, a cuss word comes out. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you got that kind of creativity and ingenuity to be able to put something together, why don't you have some blessings coming out? You got cursing. So every time a dog barks, a curse word. Yeah, so every time the dog opens his mouth, a curse word comes from the collar. And some of us are like that, and we ain't even wearing a collar. Every time you speak, it's a curse word. And I'm not arguing with you, it's cursing right. I'm talking about fasting and praying. And God says, if you cussing everybody out while you fasting and praying, he said, I'm not pleased with that. I don't want that. You done drove all the way to church and cussed your wife out all the way here. Talking about I'm, I'm fasting and praying. God says, no, that ain't the kind of fasting and praying that I'm looking for. Let me give you one more that God doesn't want. God says, I don't want, I don't want fasting that has no faith to it. Verse 5, you, hum, you, you say you're humbling yourselves and, and, and you're just going through the motions of penance. That you're really not believing, you're really not expecting, you're really not trusting God's going to do something. You don't really have any comp. Matter of fact, early on in verse 3, they were saying, well, we've been praying and fasting and God hasn't come and God hasn't shown up and God hasn't noticed us and God is not listening. But where's your faith? You don't have to wait till you see it to believe God is already noticing you and God is already paying attention. You don't have to wait till you hear from God to know that God has already heard from you. It is a matter of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that you have not seen. So as we're fasting and as we're praying, if you don't have faith with it, if you don't have hope with it, if you don't have expectation with it, you, you have to expect God is hearing me. I believe God is listening to me. I believe God will heal me. I believe God will fix this. I believe God will turn this thing around. I believe God will bless my family. I believe God will touch my son. I believe God will be a blessing in my daughter's life. I believe God is going to get me that promotion. I believe God is going to bless my community. I believe God is going to get me out of this bondage. I believe God. Is there any, any believers in here with faith while we fasting and praying? And that's what he's talking about. So when we, when we talk about putting our faith in Jesus, if you believe Jesus died on the cross, you believe God raised him from the dead, that's, a, that's enough faith to get you saved. And some of us, you've got to, you saved. I'm not, I'm not arguing your salvation. You believe, you believe Jesus died on the cross. You believe God raised him from the dead. You put your faith in his act of grace, and you are saved. You're a Christian. But you had enough faith to believe he'll save you. But for whatever reason, you haven't had enough faith to believe he'll keep you. That's why Paul said that he who's already given us his son freely, will he not freely give all things to you? If he's given us his best in Jesus, you don't think he'll pay your rent? He gave you his best in Jesus. You don't, 
believe he'll help you with your tuition. He's giving you his best in Jesus. You don't believe he'll heal your body? You, you don't believe he'll help you start a company? So it's, a, it, it's about faith. And God says, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to have fasting and praying and you don't even believe what you're fasting and praying about. Let me rush on because I got to be like A. Lewis. I can't develop these. Let me, get, let me give you the last three. That's four. Let me give you the last three. These are the three that God says, I do want when it comes. Here's what I want. Remember verse 6. No, this is, this is the kind of fasting I want. Verse 6. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who are in, in need. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. <laughs> I read about eight things and y'all only got one of the eight. Here's the kind of fasting God wants. The kind of fasting that shows up in your community. He said, I don't want fasting that is just about you. I want fasting that's about community. That's, that's why he talks about those who've been wrongly imprisoned and lighten the burden of those who work for you and removing the chains and feeding the hungry. And Matter of fact, this is the same th things that Jesus was saying in the New Testament. I was hungry, you fed me. I was outdoors, you took me in. I was... I, I was in prison, you came to visit me. I was sick and you gave me consolation. Uh, I was thirsty, you gave me something. It's the same thing Jesus was saying. It's the same thing the Apostle James was saying. That true religion, genuine religion, is if you see somebody who is naked, then you give them some clothes. It's community, it's, it's social. That if you run into somebody who's hungry and destitute of daily needs, and you feed them. That's what real religion, and that's what real fasting is. Real fasting is not just me getting my breakthrough and me getting my deliverance. And it doesn't mean you're not going to. Y'all, when you fast and pray, there's going to be a benefit to you. It, I promise, there's no way for you to fast and pray and you individually don't get blessed. But if all you're doing is focusing on you and not community, you're missing what God is talking about. And I, you know, I, do, I was going to say, I don't know where this came from. I do know where this comes from. You know, most of us who are in here of a, are of African descent, most of us. And so we're, we're tribal, we're communal, right? We, we, we're social. And then we get to this nation, I think, therefore, I am. Now everything is individual. And we've allowed this individual ideology and philosophy to now come in our lives and in our churches, where everything is about me. And we don't forgot our history and our legacy and our spirituality. Because when, when I'm looking at, not at this location, but at the other two locations, I've been preaching on the metaphors of the church. Watch what the metaphors of the church are. You are the salt of the earth. Now, when you use salt, do you just take one little thing and drop it in there? No, because he's talking about how we come together to enhance and give flavor to this world. That you are a city set on a hill. You're not, the church is not, an individual living in rural America. The city is, is civilization, is socialization, it's, it's us coming, it's community is what I'm trying to show us. When Jesus went to choose disciples, he didn't choose one disciple and that disciple said, it's just me and Jesus, I don't need nobody. He chose 12. 
This individualistic stuff, y'all, is not biblical and it's not a part of our history. And Jesus said, and it ain't a part of fasting. He said, if you really fast, then do something for your community. Bless somebody else, help somebody else. And it's really not just community, it's also your family. Stop hiding from your, your family members that are looking for you for help. None of y'all said amen? It's right here in the text. You got to stop hiding from your family members who need your help. And my mom had to help me with that. She would come to me and say, Jeffrey, she'd call out the name of our family member. And I, y'all know I can't hide my facial expressions. I, I don't even try to hide them. And I guess my mother looked at my facial expression. I guess I look like I ain't doing nothing for them, that you know. <laughs> and she said, Jeffrey, no, that's what I'm saying. She said, Jeff, and don't none of y'all call me Jeff, just for my mama. She said, Jeff, you help people you don't even know. Now let me say to you what my mother said to me because you've got family members who've been asking you for help and you fasting and praying and the kind of fasting and praying God wants is when you're not hiding from your relatives that need your help and I know most of y'all you have helped people you don't even know and then the Lord says while you fasting and praying don't just make it about you make it also about community and make it about your family let me go on to the next one uh, oh, I, I love this one. This, this, he says, I want the kind of fasting that shows up in your body. Verse 8, let me read. This is Isaiah 58, verse 8. Then your salvation will come like the dawn. Your wounds will, will, will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Man, I love this. Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Y'all, when you and I fast and pray, it shows up in our body. Your wounds will quickly heal. Now here's when I, when I, when I try to help people to understand how to interpret Scripture. The way to interpret Scripture, you're not reading into it what you think about it. It's an exegete. You, you ex, you, you ex, you're pulling out what's already there. So when Isaiah said your wounds will quickly heal, we know you can be wounded emotionally. And you can be wounded psychologically. And God will heal those wounds. I've seen him do it. Matter of fact, I've experienced him doing it. But that's not the wounds he's talking about. Because they didn't, they didn't look at mental health the way we look at it today. I'll talk about that when I can develop it. He was talking about physically, your body. And I know our minds and bodies are so closely related, they catch each other's diseases. Right? You could be so messed up psychologically, you can think your body into a sickness. And you can be sick physically so long to start messing with your mind. Our minds and bodies are so closely related that they catch each other's diseases. I get that, but that ain't what Isaiah was talking about. He's talking about your body. That when you fast and pray, God says, when your fasting and praying is genuine and real, that you're going to be healed quickly. Here's what he said. Like, like the dawning of a day. You know what the dawn of a day is? It's early. The moment you make up in your mind, I'm adding faith to this, I'm going to bless my community, I'm not going to make it about me, that I'm going to trust and believe God, I'm going to walk away from what I need to walk away from. God says, your, your healing is going to come early. It's going to come quickly. And here's how, here's how fasting helps our healing to come quickly. 
Yo, God had, and I said I wasn't going to develop these, but God has placed in all of us an immune system. The ability for our bodies to heal themselves. So when bacteria comes and, and disease comes and disorders try to get in our body, and they get in there, and our immune system kicks in and destroys that bacteria, overcomes that disease, gets rid of that disorder, then why are we always sick? Because we don't fast and pray. And the stuff we eat destroys our immune system. Our immune system is so weak because look at what we're eating. So we're eating cows that hormones and steroids have been pumped in. So that cow went from being 10 pounds to 400 pounds in a month. Then we eat it going, I don't know why I'm getting so big. You got all them steroids in you. All them hormones in you. And it's destroying your immune system. And when we keep eating like that, it, 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 now we don't have anything to fight back with. And I know you read in, in, in the book of Acts, and we're going to get there too, in the book of Acts, uh, where Peter said, Peter was, got this vision and you could eat whatever you want because, you know, the Jews had all these dietary habits and all that. And then they were getting with the Gentiles. And, we, and they said, listen, we ain't going to let food get in the way of us getting right with Jesus and each other. So, so and that's why somebody takes that and says, well, you know what? Y'all talking about you ain't supposed to eat pork. You can still be a Christian and eat pork. And people come and ask me to this day, can you eat pork and still go to heaven? Yeah, you go to, y'all, you go to heaven because you accept Jesus as your personal Savior. And you ask, can you eat pork and still go to heaven? Yes, you can, and you'll get there a lot sooner than the rest of us. <laughs> this fasting and praying helps your immune system. It, it builds it up it, so that you can... Here, here's the thing for us, and don't, don't take food lightly. The first sin in the Bible was around food. This apple, right? <laughs> My friend Raymond Bishop in, uh, in Ohio, he said that Eve came up, because she, she ate from the fruit, the fruit first, right, Eve? And then she was, you know, she's nude in front of her husband saying, eat this. So uh, it's all surround, y'all catch it on your way home. It's all surround, and so <laughs> Adam is sitting there trying to fit. Anyway, he eats this apple, apple. He eats this fruit from the tree. And um, it's the first sin is around food. When the enemy went to, Jesus just fasted 40 days. Jesus did like us. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, right? As soon as he came out, the first temptation of the enemy was around food. Turn stone into what? Bread. That's why the enemy has you and I tempted to eat anything at any time, at any amount. Gluttony. And we wonder, why, why is my body like this? If you want to be healed quickly, fast and pray. Because here's what, in, in Psalm 23, I got to rush it. In Psalm 23, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to do what? Lie down. You know why you got to make me lie down? Because I ain't got enough sense to lie down on my own, so he has to make me do it. And even when you and I lie down to get the rest, remember the Sabbath day, rest, keep it holy, right? God gives his beloved sleep. But even when you and I rest, our digestive systems don't. Because when you eat that steak, it takes your body 14 hours to digest it. 
So you ate a cheeseburger at midnight last night. And then you, we only sleep six hours in the U.S. You slept for six hours, woke up at six, and then ate breakfast at seven. Your digestive system was working all night trying to digest that, that hamburger, that steak, that red meat, and still didn't do it. It's still working on it right now. So you slept, but your digestive system was awake. Then you ate lunch at 12. So you went from a steak at midnight to <laughs> pork with sausage and bacon for breakfast. Then you had a cheeseburger at lunch. Then went home and had dinner. I ain't no telling what that was, right? Pork chop for dinner. Then midnight again, you start all over. And your digestive system hasn't had a nap in 20 years. It's, it just keeps working. And you're wondering why you're sick. So what fasting does, because we, fasting help, allows our digestive system to get the rest to empower our immune system to fight off the disease. Your fruit and vegetables renew our bodies. And the stuff we're eating takes away from our bodies. And that's why after he makes us lie down in green paths, then he leads us beside Coca-Cola. No, he leads us beside coffee. No, he leads us beside Bacardi and Hennessy and Grey Goose or whatever your drink is. No. That's why I stop all jacked up. He leads us beside what? Because that's what we need to be drinking. And I know it sounds simple, and it is simple. But when you do it, then your, your immune system is built up and, and now you're healed quickly because God designed for your body to heal itself. Let me get on to the last one. Oh, we got to get to this all. Here's the last one. I don't have time to work it out. Um, the last one, and I got to use, use that other illustration later on, whoever's listening to me back there. Uh, the last one is God says, I want, I want to have, uh, I want you to fast and pray in a way that you see God's glory. Verse 8. He says, he says, my righteousness, God's righteousness is going before you. And then God says, and I'm present with you right now. And my glory is coming behind you. Y'all got to get this quick. When we fast and pray, now we're able to see the glory of God. They took these uh, 3D glasses and put them on cuttlefish. Cuttlefish, they, their vision, their depth perception is so awesome. They're like stereo optic. Their depth possession is awesome in both eyes. And they were studying, the research was studying these cuttlefish and put these 3D glasses on them while they were swimming in this tank and then let, put some fish in front of the tank and let them see it in 3D glasses. And their tentacles started moving. They started moving because of their depth perception, the way they see. They're stereo, both, both eyes at the same time able to see depth perception. The issue for you and I is we are monooptic. We're not stereo-optic. We're able to see with our eyesight physically, but have no insight spiritually. And what, what, the Holy, what, what our fasting and praying does, it, it helps us to see the glory of God, that special position, that special place. Jesus in John 17, Lord, glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. Give your son that special place, that special purpose, that special position, and your son is going to give you the same thing. And when you and I fast and pray, now we're able to see the glory of God. You think you're seeing it now, 
but you haven't seen it because you haven't fasted and prayed. And when you fast and pray, blessing your community, blessing your family, making sure you're handling your body right, God says, I'm going to let you, and I made up in my mind, I'm not letting a cheeseburger come between me and the glory of God. And I love this as I close it up. I really have a lot to say. As I close this up, it says his righteousness goes before us. His presence is already with us. His glory is behind us. The reason why you haven't seen his glory, because you keep thinking God is going to put his glory before you. Y'all, he can't do that. If you were able to see the glory... Moses said, God, my life is so jacked up and messed up. I got to see your glory. I got to see the essence of who you are. And God said, can't nobody look at me face to face and live? If you saw the purity of my glory, the majesty of my essence and who I am, you wouldn't be able to take it. You would die right now. So I'm going to cover you up and let my glory pass by, and I'm going to let you see my back. I'm going to let you see it behind me. We miss out on the glory of God because you think he's going to show you some great thing in front of you. No, if you turn around and look behind you, look at what he's already done. The door he's already opened. The time he already healed you. The time he already brought you through. That's where you see his glory. It's behind you. And y'all ain't saying amen because y'all ain't got the kind of past I got behind me. I've done some things I wish I had not done. But when I turn around to look at my sin in the past, I don't see my sin. I see his glory behind me. And I got some people from my past trying to catch up with me. But I'm so glad that the kind of glory of God has gone before me to behind me. Is there anybody here that know about the glory of God? Somebody give God glory for the kind of fasting and praying he wants.